you have to force Joe to listen to one album for a week straight. <laughs> There's a lot of Which beating one Joe is at things, forcing Joe to do things. In these, I think okay. it's really funny because she's not yeah. here to defend herself. Yeah, That's why I okay. think it's funny. <sighs> you know what? So I would not want to be torturing her with this album. I would want to be winning her over to the world of better music that she has just been deprived of for all of these years. And so with all those criteria in mind, I wouldn't recommend this album to, to just, the, oh, this is my favorite album. No. But with those criteria in mind, the thing I would want her to listen to for a full week is... Hi, welcome to Wild and Beautiful. We're Joanna Hyatt and Lauren Enriquez, your co-hosts who every week are helping you live out your faith in a way that's biblically rooted, but culturally relevant. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wild and Beautiful this week. As you can see, Joanna, the better half of this show is not here, but we have a great alternative for you. He looks a little different than Joanna. (laughs) Only a little bit. A little. Um, Joe rudely decided to take a vacation. How dare she? But we have our producer, Kyle, here, who's awesome. He's a sound engineer. To be honest, I have no idea what that is. We're going to find out later in this episode. Um, But I do know that when Joe and I, who have eight kids between the two of us, uh, are recording and our kids make noise in the background, Kyle somehow magically makes it disappear. So thank you for that, Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> you're welcome i just you're realized awesome. that most people probably aren't going to be able to see so i'm going to avoid like audio less oh, gestures yes. and actually say things too um so but for that those gives of you us listening, a good yeah <laughs> it gives us a good opportunity to promote the fact that we are on video now so if you watch do the show see yeah us. it's more entertaining yeah in virtual person yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, it is on YouTube so far, and maybe soon one day it will be on Getter as well. So we'll see about that. <clears throat> but so today's going to be a little bit different. Normally we go through the news cycle lately. We kind of talk about current headlines, but um, we don't need to do that every week. The headlines are a little depressing and not a lot has changed since last week. So this week is going to be fun. It's going to be rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask Kyle <clears throat> 10 questions. He's going to ask me 10 questions and these are blind. So we have no no idea what is coming. Um, but we're both very loquacious. So our goal is to keep the answers to like 60-ish seconds. We'll yeah, see how we'll see how we do. We'll see how we do. Yeah. Um, okay. So Kyle, do you want to alternate asking each other questions or do you want me to go first or you to go first and just go through all of them? Alternating might be kind of fun. Okay. I think it'd be more interesting back and forth. Um, yeah. yeah, you can start if you want. All right. I will start. Okay. Who the heck are you? Who? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm just a guy. Uh, 60 seconds or less. Um, in a serious answer, I was grew up in a really small town in southern Oklahoma. I've lived my entire life. I was born life. in Oklahoma. Really? Where? What city? Yeah. Uh, Fort Sill. Oh, nice. I grew up in Ada. So okay. I'm from like, yeah, Oklahoma. There's only like three non-small towns in Oklahoma. So <laughs> um, yeah, I've spent my, my whole life in the music industry. He's a music industry professional. I toured for nice. forever and transitioned into being in the studio side of things, uh, mixing, engineering, composing, things like that. Um, yeah, I'm married. My wife and I have a five-year-old and a dog, mm-hmm. and we're believers. We work from home. We're pretty chill. 
She I is. She balances us out. We're both. <laughs> we're both the ex- like as a couple. We're in the middle, and that's because mm-hmm. she's a hundred percent chill, and I'm a hundred percent like intense. So I love how God does that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Wait, um, now I have this opened yeah. up so many more questions that I I feel like I can't ask. Okay, what did you play? You can, yeah, or did let's you do sing? It. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, our rapid fire questions can just be like a jumping off point <laughs> if we want to okay. talk for another minute or two. But I have to get through these ten. So well, I, okay, for sure. Everyone listening, <laughs> put your timers down though. Um, okay. So, oh, I was a guitar player. Well, I still am a guitar okay. player. I have okay. probably six of them on the wall in front of nice. me and then six of them in a, in a rack up here in front of me. So, um, yeah, I was a touring, like a top 40 guitar player, music director for 10 years nice. in Los Angeles. And I did a whole bunch of, you know, tours with a bunch of people that, um, I have a feeling Joe likes, but you don't. <laughs> so Or vice versa. Or vice we versa. Joke, Who knows? We joke a lot on this podcast about yes. Joe's taste in music. We're working on it. She One likes the Backstreet Boys. I love the Backstreet Boys. Oh my God. You like, I'm well, huge. we'll get into that later. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So <laughs> there you go. Cool. Who am I? Who do I think I am? Um, yeah, that's the question. So, all right. Question number one for you. Oh, gosh. Who would win between you and Joe in an arm wrestling match? I would. For sure. Okay. For sure. 100%. I love no, the I'm confidence. Just kidding. She can hold she can hold a 2-minute plank and I can't. So it's actually an open question. Maybe Planking's one day hard. we can Yeah, we can actually yeah. put that put that put that to the test, but um I'm a little bit uh larger than Joe, so I just have kind of a natural just leg lean up into on it more. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's tall though. She's tall and she's got Joe the ballet strength. She's pretty tall. I always forget about that. I saw her recently. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they were in Franklin, which is like 30 minutes south of like yeah. where we live in Nashville. And I forgot how tall she is. She's tall. Yeah, she is. Um, all right. Well, a very immediate and decisive Lauren. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe my confidence will just win it for me. Who knows? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. My next question for you is what is an audio engineer? Because that is what you do for this show. And I, I yeah. honestly, do you have to have, do you have to like be born with special ears to get this job no, or you really okay. don't. Um, I feel like one thing that's absolutely necessary is patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, an audio engineer, I think in its simplest form is someone who basically listens to something and well, you have, first of all, you have to have a goal in mind. You have to have an objective. So like, what are you doing with the audio? You know, I feel like that's mm-hmm. like a necessary first question to ask because otherwise it's just aimless, you know, tinkering in some, you know, virtual sandbox of sound to, you know what I mean? So like you have to have a point with what you're doing mm-hmm. and that will kind of focus your tasks. Um, but basically an audio engineer is someone who just works with sound either in a live setting or in my case in a studio setting. And I bring it all into software and I listen to it and make decisions based on where this audio needs to go about how it would best be presented, how it would sound the best. Sometimes I'm solving problems. Um, Sometimes I'm solving problems with like EQ, compression, level, noise, all kinds of stuff. But in its simplest form, it's just, I I feel like it's basically someone who just, you know, is tasked with the job of receiving recorded audio Mm -hmm. and preparing that in the most reasonable and acceptable way for it to be released on to wherever it needs to go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't until I started working with media and then doing a podcast that I had any appreciation for audio. Um, Mm. And I produced a podcast in a former career that I had too. And the, the, host would like make sounds with his mouth that were like so oh, disturbing during yeah, mouth, the recording. Mouth clicks are <laughs> yes, awful. The, 
the smacking and stuff so like there, that. So there's like a lot of like really expensive software that I own that removes all of that. And it's It's amazing. Necessary. Yeah. It's I just necessary. completely, I didn't, I took it for granted until I started like actually having to listen to things and see if it sounded good. And yeah. I just, I thought, you know, you plug in an <clears> earbud, <throat> you record something and you're good to go. No, it's like a whole science. The person well, and recording it's, and it's has to have equipment. Form. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in its simplest form, you're right. That's what you do. Like that's, that's it. But you know, what do you do when there's a problem? Mm-hmm. That's whenever all the of magic. the quote unquote engineering comes in. So, um, that's awesome. yeah, so cool. that's it. Um, question number two, mm-hmm. if you, yours are like personal and like, let's get to know you and mine are all really ridiculous. Oh, mine are going to get top. like very cynically personal um, in a minute. Okay, great. That's good. Well, I figured everyone that listens like knows you all pretty well now, and so I just thought it would be fun to hear you answer stupid questions because that's okay, what I these love are. It. Um, all right, number two. If you were invited to dinner with the Pope and they let you choose the restaurant, where would mm-hmm. you take him? Ooh, where would you take the, the current pope, for pope or the Pope Emeritus? This is an important distinction, Benedict oh my God. or Francis. See, I already don't even know enough about Catholicism to know okay. that this is a thing. Well, I don't know which one's more. I was gonna say which one's more important. Um, I don't know. For reasons, for reasons, I would want to go to dinner with Pope Emeritus Benedict. So who's the like the German? So for all of the non-Catholic people, or mm-hmm. even I guess Catholics who embarrassingly don't know a lot about the structure of your of your Pope and the hierarchy of of your faith. Um, who's the like? Whenever you like see the Pope, when people yeah. like quote unquote talk about the Pope, yeah. which one are they talking about? Francis. Francis okay. was yeah, elected in like Francis. 2013. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. and then Pope Benedict, because he had resigned. Usually the Pope dies before there's a new one. And so there's not like more than one at a time. But right sure. now there's like a Pope Emeritus and then there's Pope Francis. Because they're exactly. preparing for Francis to die and they want it to be a transition. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> no, Pope Pope Benedict retired. Oh, And so gotcha. they elected Pope Francis. I understand that. So oh, okay. anyone's guess who's coming next. But Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so there's never been like a former Pope that's still alive. It's always they die and then a new one gets elected after I, some It's time. not unprecedented that they've retired, but I don't think it had happened in like hundreds of years. But it's not like we'll have Benedict. like three or four like former presidents alive. It's not like that towards like- no. Yeah. I don't okay. think there's probably ever been more than one. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, you learned yeah. something new. I didn't even know that was yeah. a thing. Okay. So whichever one you want. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I, I guess. Pope. The, yeah. Pope Francis. No, Pope you, Benedict. Oh, sorry. Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict. You get to go to dinner, but where do you, yeah. where would you take the Pope? A Peruvian restaurant. Peruvian. Interesting. Yeah. Because most people haven't tried it, but it's like the best cuisine in the world. Yeah. I've spent so. a lot of time in parts of the country where I had access to very good Peruvian cuisine, and the first time I ever so had lucky. it, it like blew me away. Yeah, uh, it's same a, with it's like a hidden gem. It's really good, and it's like a nuance. To, mm-hmm. It's it's a nuanced cuisine. It's not like other typical food from that part of the world because right. like Cuban food's a thing, Venezuelan food's a thing, right. like Mexican food's its own whole category. It's it's really broad, but like. Yeah, it's like Peruvian food is like very specific. Yeah, largely because yeah. they there's a huge um, population of of Chinese, and so it's like it's like South American ingredients cooked in Asian style. That's like what makes Peruvian so interesting. You know, interestingly enough, um, I, I I heard one time when I was in Australia that one of the highest like. Asian immigrant populations is in Melbourne, Australia. And okay. so that's why Melbourne oh. will have some of the most authentic Asian food in the world. Interesting. Like, like Chinatown in Melbourne has uh-huh. like some of the most authentic Asian food in the world. Someone listening is either going to be like, wow, that dude really knows this stuff or he's, they're immediately going to be like, he's really <laughs> wrong about this. If they're wrong, let 
Lauren or Joe know. Don't let me know. Yeah. But let them yeah. know. Yeah. Wild and um, beautiful podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> if you want to tell us we're wrong or like sponsor our show in some way, that's how you get a hold of us. Yeah. There you go. All right. You my could next give number. Spite money. <laughs> You'd be like, Kyle yeah, was wrong. you can give us Here's $50. <laughs> <laughs> I will humbly accept. I mm. might tell Joe about it too and that's share fair. it with her. That's great. Um, okay. You always give Joe and me demotivational versions of our show. Like we write the show notes and then you yeah. write a demotivational version. It's like one of the highlights of my week. Were you always that cynical or did something happen to you? Um, I think it's both. I felt, feel like I've always been this cynical and then a whole bunch of something's happened mm-hmm. and then it just like added gas to that fire. Um, I've always been a pretty cynical for person. I think it's like my default style of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to think I have a fairly well-rounded sense of humor. I can usually fit in pretty well with like a bunch of different types of like social situations and crowds and like different types of people who are into different things. I'd like to think like I'm a pretty um, easy to be around person in terms of like just like my conversational style and like my sense of humor and stuff. But I think my default is like the dry cynicism. Yeah. It's just really funny to me. Um <laughs> It's great. So, it's good. Well, I love it. It's a highlight. It's definitely the sense of humor that appeals to me. So it's keep great. doing it. I was talking to Joe about this whenever I we were hanging out last week, and I told her that they've been getting they've been getting a little bit more extreme, and I think that we're getting dangerously close to me just like copy pasting excerpts from like the Communist Manifesto as like a <laughs> joke because like they're getting pretty out there, and no yeah. one no one listening knows what we're talking about because no one has ever seen these before. It's literally it's, it's an inside joke. Well, but I maybe think that we we're going to start trying public. to find a way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so it's great. It's the best part because whenever you upload a podcast episode, you have the like the box for the description for those of you listening that don't know, and they won't let you like save it as a draft until you type something in. Like you have to put something in as a template. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's whenever I'm just like, well, oh, I'm is not that just how this type. started? Or, that's how it started. So I was like, well, I have to type <laughs> something. Um, and I think the very first time I did it on y'all's was whenever I was just trying to remember what the episode was. I was like, I don't even really remember what this is about. I'm prepping it for Joe anyway. And so I was just like, you know what? I know like the gist of it. I'm just going to f- type in like a joke, like a joke yep. description. Um, so she always sends them to me. They're, she That's always great. forwards them straight to me and we just get such a kick out I'm of it. I'm glad. Awesome. That makes me happy. This is great. <laughs> I'll keep doing it. They're getting Good. they're getting pretty extreme though. So I'll continue with that. If um, you're easily offended, you probably don't listen to this show anyways. That's true. That's really true. Um, all right. Question number three. If you were forming a debate team and you had to, you had to choose a popular Democrat to be on the team, who would it be? Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. I say Democrat broadly, liberal, you know, <laughs> leftist, somewhat, you know, whatever version of that spectrum I, yeah. this person politically is on. This person seems to be in the process of transitioning, but... Her takedown of Kamala Harris was epic. I would choose as my champion here, Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> she just, go. with a straight face, demolished Kamala Harris. I don't know. Somehow she yeah. still got elected as vice president. But 
put the presidential hopes to bed. So somehow, you know what, according, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but according to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris met the prerequisite for being vice president, which was being woman and being black. So Mm -hmm. there you go. Apparently that's all it takes for Joe Biden's presidency. Joe Biden's America. Um, (laughs) There were a lot of really great black women candidates he could have picked. There really were. Like whenever he said that, I was like, cool, that doesn't really narrow anything down because there's so many unbelievably talented and smart women that he can like, go after for this and then Kamala Harris like of all people <laughs> of all people Kamala Harris like uh, anyway yeah all right Whatever. switching gears um you and I have a disagreement about TV we have yet to talk about our musical uh you know compatibility but yeah you think friends is a good show so I, I need it. to understand I need to understand is it just nostalgia or is do you think there's something objectively funny about this show um I don't know if something like comedy could ever really be objective, to be fair. Like, I really, truly don't. I love comedy, mm-hmm. and I, I love shows from that era. For So I'm not going to speak towards Friends, and I'm not going to talk about why I think Friends is a good show, because honestly, I don't know. I don't know why any show is a good show. I'm just I, not going to answer don't. the question. <laughs> no, 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 no. So here's what it is. Here's why I think Friends is a good show. Like, me personally, okay. here's why yes. I like Friends a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm the youngest of three, and mm-hmm. my brother is seven years older than I am. And my sister's 10 years older than I am. So I'm currently 33. So whenever I was a kid, whenever I was growing up, Friends was on because my older siblings were older Uh and they were into it and they watched Mm -hmm. it a lot. So same with like Seinfeld, same with like a bunch of shows like that. So any like popular sitcom from the 90s, I basically passively absorbed throughout my childhood because like my siblings were into it. And then Mm -hmm. I just grew up really liking that show. Yeah. So I now as an adult, I genuinely think it's funny. I really like it, but it's probably just because I grew up watching it and I always thought it was cool whenever I was a kid and (laughs) I just got desensitized to it. Watching Friends for the first time as an adult I'm sure there's a lot of people who were adults at the time when Friends was new and they're like, this show's yeah. not that funny. And definitely now all the people that are like, I, I see like a lot of like younger people criticizing Friends and I'm like, you don't even understand like the cultural references that yeah, they're they making. Don't. Like you they hate don't. it for the wrong reason. You hate it mm-hmm. just because it's old and people like it and you didn't get it because you tried to watch one episode. <laughs> like hate it for the right reasons, you know? Um, yeah. I honestly so can't think why. of a sitcom that the Gen Zers actually... I don't like, think it's like a sitcom generation. Around. I don't think it's, it's a not. sitcom generation. They've had like, like the cartoon, like BoJack Horseman and stuff like that. That show's but really funny. Yeah. It's raunchy too. We don't watch <laughs> it, guys. We're not endorsing the show. Well, but Lauren's yeah, not. Like more. <laughs> I, am a, I think Will Arnett's one of the funniest people alive and BoJack mm-hmm. Horseman's so hilarious, but I'm a different person. I'm a totally different person. So, um, yeah. So I just think it's, yeah. So nostalgia might be, Mm-hmm. the right word but Maybe nostalgic for like my comedy. childhood yeah yeah i definitely like didn't understand any of the references whenever i was a kid mm-hmm. you know um and they talk about sex on that show a lot that's why i think that's like, why my parents were like you thing. don't need to watch this it's yeah. the main thing of the show like everyone just sleeps around all the time and so i whenever i was a kid my parents were like well like you don't need to watch friends mm-hmm. and it was always kind of this like, well, but I really want to. Like it's an older person, like older kids show or whatever. And so maybe it was that kind of thing too. Yeah. Um, so, but I can really relate to Ross now as an adult. Really? Um, yeah. If anyone listening is familiar enough with friends to know Ross's like stereotype and tendencies, mm-hmm. like he's pretty particular and like OCD. He gets really angry irrationally at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. <laughs> I can relate to the like <laughs> the zero to 100 irrational anger yeah. towards stuff. Um 
it's just really funny. It's really funny. So Ross is probably the best character. Because it's because he's the most relatable because yeah. he's, like, he's a cynical, unhappy person. And like, that's what a, being a, an adult is like. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. So, he makes it funny. Um, he really does. All right. Number four. Other than me, obviously, who would be a dream podcast guest? Oh, other than you. Gosh. I mean, yeah, I other than me. Obviously, I'm number yeah. one. Obviously, yeah. I'm number one. But who would mm-hmm. be like, you know, number two? Let's see. We really want Lisa Bevere to come on. And as the resident Catholic, I don't know a whole lot about a lot of like Protestant speakers, but she's one that I really admire and I know Joe does Mm. too. So let this be our appeal to Lisa. Please come on our show. There you go. We'd love to have you. I'll send it right over as soon as we stop recording. I'll just- Sounds good. I'll forward the request. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Um, okay. Seasons. What's your favorite season and why? Absolutely fall. Cause it's yeah. the, there's Correct a sweet answer. spot. There's a sweet spot in fall to where it is the best of summer and the best mm-hmm. of winter. Mm-hmm. There's not a sweet spot in spring. You, you don't think, think so? You'd think there would be, but there's not uh-huh. like okay. it's, there's just not because the transition to being cooler in temperature always goes smoother than the transition to being warmer, I think, because That's whenever so it's when it's cool and it's I have getting, never heard a person say this is why fall is their favorite season. Hundred percent. I hate <laughs> spring also. And so this is a hugely um like biased opinion. But I think that like my least favorite time of the year is uh-huh. whenever we're getting into summer from spring. Okay. Or we're like getting into spring from winter because everything's blooming and growing and allergies are out yes. of control. Um, the and allergies. it's like, it's whenever I have to start doing things like lawn care again. And, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like waking up from a long nap and it's like, yeah, spring's like waking up from a long seasonal nap. And that's why I don't Do, like it. Does it snow where you live? Yeah. It snows a lot in Nashville okay. during the winter. So Granted, I've only that? lived here for a year and a half. Uh-huh. Um, but gr- I mean, growing up in Southern Oklahoma, it, it snows throughout the winter. It, they have very snowy, very cold mm-hmm. winters weirdly um yeah it snows a lot in nashville during the winter and i like it i like the snow um it gets old pretty quickly though which is why i love fall because it's a sweet spot i want to mm-hmm. i want it to be cool and sunny i want to be able to have like excuse me like a light jacket um like i don't want to sweat mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right um but yeah, I think fall, I mean, I think most people would agree that fall is probably the most enjoyable season. I it's think great. so too, but I've never, I've never heard someone say it's because the transition between like, seasons goes more smoothly than spring. <laughs> way more smoothly. Well, I just think it's super abrupt. People are like, spring. it's because you get to wear sweaters and drink pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, like, it's great. And all that's awesome. <laughs> it's because of the transition of the seasons. It's smooth. like you start getting into fall and it's like, uh, this is great. I love fall. Mm-hmm. I want fall to last for forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, number five, if you could force Joe to conform to one of your opinions, which one would it be? Ooh. Because you guys don't agree on everything. It's true. If you could force her to come to your side on one opinion. (gasps) That's a hard one. Which one would it be? Okay. I, I think she can keep the Backstreet Boys. That's fair. Forcing her to be Catholic would be kind of counter it would be anticlimactic or what like it you have it to choose be, that freely so i wouldn't want to force her to do that yeah <laughs> that would be extreme um oh i know 
I would want her to understand how great it is to put pumpkin in coffee. Oh, interesting. She does not appreciate vegetables in her coffee. And I, I'm convinced that she does not know what she's missing. That's fair. So you think, mm-hmm. so it's not a matter of like, she's tried it and doesn't like it. Like you don't think she's like properly experienced it. Correct. Yeah. I don't think she's properly. Ex- interesting. Because the pump, the classic pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks is not it. Like that's not it. Sure. Pretty much every other pumpkin yeah, I, coffee drink is it. That's fair. I don't think that anything from Starbucks is quote unquote it, you know, Starbucks is like, it's, Hey, I need coffee. And because of my schedule, Mm -hmm. there's no other option for me. So I'm going to go here. Yeah. Which is also ironic because the lines are usually the longest at Starbucks. It's so long. I always do. If I have to, if I go there, I always do the order ahead thing. Yep. Because I don't want to sit in that line. Same. I learned them. I learned to do that whenever we were in LA, whenever I was going into the Daily Wire studios, uh, I would call in like my Starbucks order and I'd like do it on the app. And then I would walk down the street. I'd walk down Ventura Boulevard. Um, Well, I guess, I mean, they're not there anymore. So I guess everyone can know. (laughs) Daily Wire's old headquarters were on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. Uh, Mm -hmm. But um, because it was this giant unmarked building for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons. Um, but yeah, I would walk down the street. I would just walk to the pickup line. I'd get my stuff, and then I'd leave. Love I it. really found value in that. Um, That's whenever peak I elder did have millennial to to behavior. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. Yeah, <laughs> I prefer the term "aging millennial" because it oh. implies that I'm not elder yet. Oh, okay. So, well, I feel like if you said elderly, yeah. that would be completely different from elder millennial. Yeah, but yeah, I feel it. Okay, my next question for yeah. you was was coffee related. So it was pumpkin coffee, yay or nay. But now I want to know just in general, what are your opinions about coffee? Are you a coffee snob? Uh, yes and no. Um, I'm not a snob to the degree that I will like be an elitist to other people mm-hmm. for our difference of coffee opinion. However, I will go to great lengths to get like good coffee and like really mm-hmm. nice coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I only drink black coffee. I don't put things in coffee. I don't put sugar mm-hmm. or creamer or anything in it. I would rather have no coffee than coffee with stuff in it. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I guess that's where like my elitism comes in. It's just like, I think that black coffee is like the purest form of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think light roast is the best <laughs> roast and coffee. I've gotten into a lot of conversations with this. Medium is fine. Um, I'm not a dark roast fan. I yeah. have had good dark roast coffee, but... Um, People think it has more caffeine, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Light roast coffee is, will get you through the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really need caffeine, espresso is for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I prefer light roast black coffee. And if I have time, okay. pour over. We do pour over every morning at home. So oh, nice. yeah, I Are guess. Are you like meticulous yeah. about weighing the beans and? Yeah. Oh yeah. We have like yeah, really the water nice scales. Nice. Yeah, we have like really nice scales. Um, really nice uh, carafe. We have a really nice. Um, tea kettle that like maintains mm-hmm. a specific temperature the entire time because whenever you do pour over yeah for those of you who don't know you have to Multiple. pour f- a certain amount and then stop and then you have to wait and sometimes that's 30 seconds sometimes it's a minute two minutes or whatever mm-hmm. and like you know cheaper teapots and kettles will just they'll heat up and then they'll stop but this one mm-hmm. stays the same temperature the whole time which is really nice amazing because uh, you lose a lot of heat and pour over which sucks it's like the only downside to it yeah but yeah, yeah. i just cool. yeah but having said that if Starbucks is the only option, 
I won't turn my nose up mm-hmm. at it. I'll go get Starbucks. I'll be happy that I got to get coffee and I'll yeah. move on. You know, what? I will, you know, I'm going to pause on our questions. I will tell you this very quick story. I'll try to make it really brief and I'll try to tell it without cursing. I have an awful <laughs> mouth. Um, but this is something that really bothers me. So as I know you will agree, language is important and definitions mm-hmm. are important. Um, because you can't have a conversation with another person unless you both agree on the definition of the thing. And it doesn't yeah. even really matter what the defini- yep. definition is, but in a functioning society, you have to agree on the definition. Mm-hmm. So who cares? That's the purpose it, of language. Exactly. So like, who cares if the definition changes? The definition of lots of words have, has changed over the generations. Yeah. And we all have collectively agreed to adhere to this new you know, acceptance, this new definition of this word. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm visiting family. I'm in a really small town in like North Texas where I was born. I was born in Sherman, Texas. And I'm on the way to go visit uh, some family. And I'm in a drive-thru. And it the only drive-thru that's around is this place called Dutch Brothers Coffee. Mm-hmm. So if anyone listening is a fan of Dutch Brothers, um, I don't want you to turn the episode off because I feel like the rest of the episode is going to be good too, but you should at least <laughs> like not listen to what I'm about to say. I'm going to really, I've Dutch brothers has a stain on my heart for forever now because of this one employee. So I go through the drive through Dutch, at Dutch brothers and they have the Chick-fil-A thing set up to where like a person like walks out to your car and they're like, what do you want? Oh, um, and then you order and serious? then you drive around and a different person where, cause it's super, it was it's new. Really and, like, it was really busy Okay. It was super busy. Yeah. So I, order just a black coffee. I was just like, I just want a black coffee. You know, I wasn't even going to ask like what roasts they had available. I assumed mm-hmm. that it was just one drip. That's fine. I knew it was drive through coffee. I was like, I just need black coffee. So I order mm-hmm. and the person's like, sweet, pull ahead. And I was like, great. So I get around in line and then a dude comes walking out and he hands me my coffee and he goes, Hey, um, uh, an Americano for Kyle. And I was like, oh, I didn't order an Americano. I'm sorry. I just had a black coffee. And he looks at me and he kind of tilts his head and he goes, an Americano is black coffee. And he like pushed it forward <laughs> oh, more. Exactly. And I grabbed like the edge of it. And so this is where my like snarky cynicism like comes in. Um, I like grabbed the edge of it and like pushed it back towards him a little bit. And I said, an Americano is espresso and water. And <laughs> yep. just pulled my hand back. And I was like, this is uh-huh. not black coffee. And he goes, well, it's what we have. And oh. then I said, well, then say that first. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? He thought he was going to pull one off on you. Yeah. What are we doing here? That's like, funny. I'm not a coffee snob because I feel like I know more than other people. Mm-hmm. But like, an Americano is not traditional black coffee. Right. Like, by any means. An espresso bean right. and a coffee bean are so unbelievably different mm-hmm. in taste and flavor mm-hmm. profile. And like, it's it's insane how different yeah. they are. Yeah, and you were safe ordering black coffee at yeah. such a busy establishment because exactly. I'm sure they're brewing it. I, I always order an Americano. I drink a lot of black coffee as well, but if mm. I want a black drink, I always order an Americano at Starbucks because yeah. you cannot rely on them to have rebrewed just the brewed coffee because not enough people order it. They'll just exactly. let it sit there. They're supposed to, and God bless them. They probably usually do, but For sure. you'll get that occasional stale cup of drip coffee and you're yep. just like, why didn't I order the Americano? Like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And there's nothing wrong. I don't really like Americanos that much, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. My mm-hmm. Like Amanda, my wife loves Americanos. That's fine. My problem was the fact that he like very like snarkily tried to be like, an yeah. Americano is black coffee. Is like, black hey, coffee. No, it's really? not. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> um, but you're wrong. What is this world coming to? Absolutely. So for those of you listening, I hope that was 
you know, you know, what? maybe some people already just like really had it out for Dutch Brothers and they're like, see, this guy gets it. <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, all right. So question number six. Okay. This one, I feel like I could guess the answer to this question. I feel okay. like I should ask it anyway. You're given one reason to talk someone out of being a Democrat or a liberal or a leftist or whatever. Uh-huh. What do you say? <laughs> what would your guess have been? Abortion. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's like, well, 100%. if nothing else, uh-huh. just that's it. That's the yeah. one issue. You know. What so. other reason do you need? We can deal with everything else later. Absolutely. How like, I'll come to a compromise with you on almost anything else. Pretty much. Yeah, that's fair. I How embarrassing would it have been if I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. What would you think? <laughs> like, I would say yeah. I either you haven't actually been listening to the show while you've been yeah. audio engineer because maybe you can hear it and not listen to yeah. it. Yeah, that would be the most self-incriminating <laughs> reply ever. Is if I was like, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be that would definitely be the 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 point yep. for me. And I think that has been the point for a lot of people, to be honest, sure. um, that they, it takes them a while to come around to some of the other positions, but they're just like, if we can't agree on this, like, what's the point? That's fair. I, I, yeah. I respect that. Um, well, there you go. That's the we answer. The, well, we got the obvious one out of the way. I, I'm curious because I feel like men and women give such dif- different answers on this. Like five years ago, you had your first child, mm-hmm. correct? Is it a boy or a girl? He's a boy. Okay. Oh, that's sweet. I have a, a seven-year-old boy too. Um, how did your life change? Like, did, were, or do you feel like that was a different person before your, your son was born? Or do you feel like it was like a transition into who you are now, if that makes sense? Yeah. Did it um, radically I mean, it's and both. diametrically change everything? He, yeah. I mean, in some ways it did. And like, in like all the healthy ways, like it really did. It was really interesting. When my son was born, though, I was like a totally different person in a lot of other ways in my life. And um, we can do, we can talk more about this later if you want, or we can do another podcast episode about it if you want, if you feel like it would be helpful. But I was an alcoholic and I was an addict and like I had to go through AA and like I had Mm -hmm. to go through a lot of therapy and a lot of intensives. And I had to go through a lot of a lot of stuff to like mm-hmm. transition and to grow into being a different person. And whenever my Before son was born. Before he was born? No. So I, so that transition didn't happen until after he was born. So he was okay. born. Okay. And then for like the next year or so, I still was just like, did not have. Wow. Like, this is a whole together. story so I didn't know about. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And so uh, my son was definitely the catalyst that like made me realize like, it's like something has to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also touring, you know, 250 to 300 days a year. Um, and that doesn't help. If anyone right. was ever wondering if you have a problem with drinking, traveling for a living, not probably for you. Um, <laughs> that's so true. It's well, especially in like as a musician. Oh, like, for sure. That's not a thing at all, you know, because um, I was on all. all types of tours you know like whenever I was younger I started on like the van tours or whatever a lot of my career was spent on bus tours I was on you know bigger bus tours and then the last few years of my career was spent just on planes I just got flown to shows and things like that and that Mm -hmm. luxury was really nice um but you just have access to everything so Mm -hmm. anyway yeah so my son being born it's like it did and it didn't the and whenever I say it didn't it's because I was still just struggling so much Mm -hmm. as a person and there were just certain things that I hadn't gotten like solved and and made healthy yet in my life mm-hmm. to really 
fully understand how like the birth of my first child could like really impact me as a person and like as a dad. Um, so that's where like the kind of like the gradual transition started. Um, I was still around. I was still really present, you know, um, like with my son, I loved him obviously more than anything. Um, but I just wasn't always just there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ever like fully mm -hmm. there whenever I was there, you know? Um, yeah. so it was really interesting to kind of, uh, first of all, I'm really thankful that he was so little that he doesn't really remember any of that. Yeah, and for sure. for all I know, it didn't, it didn't really affect him. Um, so, but it definitely affected like who I was to him, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm glad that that transition happens, you know, super early in his life. Um, but yeah, this October, well, this month actually, and, uh, oh, wow. Is what's today? The 5th? October 5th. Yeah. We're recording. Tomorrow. Oh yeah. That we're recording. Mm -hmm. Um, tomorrow will be four years that I've been sober. So oh my gosh. Congrats. Um, hey, yeah, thanks. this so, episode's coming out on yeah. your anniversary. That's amazing. I didn't even think about that. Um, I like God. looked wow. at the little calendar like on my computer and like the five i was like is that a six no it's a five um yeah so oh tomorrow will be four years that's so, a huge deal yeah so i've been yeah so i've been sober tomorrow functionally i will have been sober for four years um and it's great but yeah that's awesome changing what would like, you, I, i'm curious if there's people listening that struggle with addiction probably even who have kids because it's very ubiquitous in our culture and mm. um what would you say to someone who's feeling that shame and wants to take that step to go the other direction? Um, well, I mean, you said a, a key word. Shame is like a really, really dangerous thing whenever you're talking about trying to like overcome an addiction because you get put into this cycle. And um, I can talk very specifically about my experience and about what I've learned, but I am in no way of... of a mental health professional, a mm -hmm. sobriety professional, you know what I mean? And so it's like, sure. so like I'm not, and, and for, and this is, you know, mainly for everybody listening. It's like, I, I can tell you my opinion based on my experience and based on what I've learned, but I'm not telling you unequivocally that like what mm -hmm. I have to say is the advice that you should follow. Um, you should talk to a professional. You should absolutely, I guess that's my answer to that question. Yeah. Like you should talk to a professional. Um, that's legit. That's yeah. I mean like there are people in this world and, you know, I, I know that like mental health, you know, sometimes kind of has a stigma in the South in certain Christian circles It even kind of has mm -hmm. like a stigma. And that, yeah. I guess like that, that's like a, a pretty big criticism that I have towards a lot of, um, churches that I've been a part of is that like a lot of the pastors will feel qualified and entitled to then take on all mental health matters for like mm -hmm. people in their church and people that they know. And I'm like, you're not, you're not a mental health professional. I'm sorry. Like, right. like you, you're, you're a, you know, you're a teaching pastor and like you understand the gospel in a way to where you can help guide other people yeah. who want to learn more about that and shepherd them. And that's really great. But like, you are not a mental health professional yeah. in the same way that you're not in a major league baseball player. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're just not. So that's yeah, there's a people huge that have committed that. their whole, their whole lives to helping people. Exactly. And the addiction. reason why I, I want to draw that distinction is because like at the end of the day, if you're struggling with addiction or anything really, and you, you actually need the help of someone someone else. I, I put the Christianity thing on pause for that and was like, I don't care if this person is a believer or not. It doesn't matter to me what type of person they are. What matters is that they're qualified and they can help me get over this like huge mm -hmm. threshold in my life that I can't get over on my own. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be nice to find someone like-minded, but that doesn't always work. So like if you're a believer and you want to find, you know, a mental health professional to help you with something that's also a believer, that's great. 
it, it really is. That's amazing. But like, you might not be able to, and that can't be the thing that holds you back from talking to someone that could very well tell you the thing that you need to hear mm -hmm. to change your life, you know? Absolutely. So as much as I would love and everyone would love to be able to like get help from people who are like-minded and believe the same things that we believe, you, you just don't always have that option. So mm -hmm. if nothing else, just find someone who understands yeah. how to talk through that. So um, 12 step programs are really helpful because it immediately plugs you into a community of people who know exactly what it's like to deal with what you're dealing with. And that's the point. That's really why they exist. Um, you know, the, uh, the big book, uh, is, is really great. That's the book that you go through in AA and a lot of other anonymous groups that have 12 step programs work through the big book as well. That book was written in the thirties, I think the late twenties, early thirties, excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, 100 yeah. still relevant today. I know a it's lot insane. of people that yeah, yeah it's changed their life and it's crazy brought them back yeah. from the precipice so that's it's I'm so wild. glad I asked this question oh yeah I for had sure no idea it's a huge that thing was gonna yeah. go in that direction so yeah. yeah I mean like whenever you go through more meaningful and significant things in your life like having a child mm -hmm. it, it puts everything that you're experiencing into a different perspective mm -hmm, and, and oftentimes right. into a greater perspective. And so that was one of the things that really helped. You'd think being married to a woman that I loved would would be enough. But I mean, as any as anyone who's ever been around addiction or struggled with it understands, it's like, you know, the people that are in our lives that we love and that love us, like mm -hmm. if, if if that was enough, then most people wouldn't struggle with addiction, you know? Right. But oh, sadly, sure. it's 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 not sometimes and it sucks. And it doesn't mean that you love them less, but it just means that you're dealing with something that's really hard, you know, yeah. and that you can't. And in fact, you very rarely can solve on your own. So yeah. that's what I would ask say to help. anyone I love that advice. Just help. Just like don't believe shame and yeah. ask Amen. for help. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, with that said, let's just rapid fire it through these last few questions. Let's do it. Because I, I feel like that was an episode in itself that it's, was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> all right. So I think, all right, number seven, you have to force Joe to listen to one album for a week straight. <laughs> There's a lot of Which beating one Joe is at things, forcing Joe to do things. In these, I think okay. it's really funny because she's not yeah. here to defend herself. Yeah, That's why I okay. think it's funny. <sighs> you know what? So I would not want to be torturing her with this album. I would want to be winning her over to the world of better music that she has just been deprived of for all of these years. And so with all those criteria in mind, I wouldn't recommend this album to, to just, the, oh, this is my favorite album. No. But with those criteria in mind, the thing I would want her to listen to for a full week is Coldplay's album, Viva La Vida. It's a good album. I like Coldplay. And I liked Coldplay, as I'm sure you did too, during the whole kind of cultural trend of like making fun of Coldplay and like not liking Coldplay, <laughs> especially like in the yeah. music world. That was like a thing. Like people were just like, they, yeah, like Nickelback. Like suddenly they're just horrible. And like I don't, yeah. But even Nickelback, it's like sure you might not like them, but like they're one of the most successful mm -hmm. bands on the planet. I don't like, like every Coldplay album, but sure. the ones that I like, I love. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like Coldplay. I like it a lot. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. it's musically, they're not like reinventing the wheel, but like you don't, a lot of times you don't need that whenever you want to listen to something that like makes you happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, there's a song on that album called Strawberry Swing that just, it's like the best. It just makes me happy. It's one of those, I don't know, I don't know it. how they did it. It's just a song that makes me happy. So that's the whole point of art. That's Love it. That's it. Yeah. All right. You're bearded. You're a bearded friend. I am. What do we think about No Shave November? Um, I mean, 
every November for me for like 10 years has been No Shave November. Okay. Well, there um, you go. Because that's every month of the year He's a for fan. me. For like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Should it's men cool. give it a try? Should the non-bearded men give it a try? I, I okay. guess. D- context. I'm trying to convince my husband to grow a beard. So interesting. Okay. That's well, my bias here. In order to really fully give like a fair answer, I guess I have to ask like, what's his beard type? If that makes mm-hmm. sense, because some I don't dudes know, have like he's never grown it. That's fair. Some dudes like can like have never grown a beard, but like you see like a five o'clock shadow, and I'm like, if you didn't shave for a week, you would have a full beard. And it's crazy. Like okay. some some people are like that. Other dudes like have kind of patchy beards, and it takes a while. And there's this like process of like growing out a little bit, and then trimming, and then you know to kind of let things fill in okay. a little bit. So it can be time consuming, and sometimes that takes like more than a month. And okay. so dudes who just don't inherently have like a full beard that just grows out full like on its own would probably need more than a month to kind of okay. to get there. So got it. Um, but you'll only find that out if you stop shaving. So hey, Jose, there um, you go. I, I prefer Kyle. having a beard. My wife prefers me having a beard. There is a limit. My beard's been a lot longer before by like several okay. inches. It's been oh. like, I got hide like a whole hand behind it. It's been really long, but even whenever it's long, I try to groom it and keep it like contained. So, okay. Um, okay. but yeah, it. no shave November can be fun. If you don't grow a beard very often, participate in something silly like that (laughs) um all right number eight if you had to run for office where do you think you could make the biggest difference i i would just have joe do it (laughs) that's fair (laughs) that's Uh, my answer She would There's no scenario in which I'm running for office of any kind. Well, you know, I think that this is like a really interesting insight into what your potential answer could be, though. So like given how you feel about running for office and how you feel about, you know, your involvement in that, like what branch of government, what role do you feel like you could take on to where you could make like a meaningful difference, Mm. like being like you? Maybe like a school board. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like the federal government is a lost cause at this point. Um, Yeah. The bureaucracies, eh, I just, I, as I don't have a strong enough personality to make a dent there, but maybe on like a a school board. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like that's one of the very few things that, that across the political and cultural spectrum, a lot of people can agree on. It's just the federal government. It's just an absolute like waste of space at this point. Yeah. Um, all right. Number nine for me is what's your favorite thing about my podcast? Mine and Joe's. Oh, um, (laughs) you can't say anything negative. (laughs) We'll save that for offline. (laughs) My favorite thing are all the things I hate. Um, no, honestly, I really love that. I mean, I wish, I wish more podcasts were like this and I guess they are, if you listen, you know, within, you know, certain echo chambers because no one ever really gets resistance. But it, I, I really respect the fact that y'all are actually trying to like say things that you believe to be definitive truths. Um, but you're trying to like, you're not trying to like make them palatable by any means, but you, you, I feel like you both go to great lengths to like really soften the blow of what you feel like would be like a really extreme opinion okay. or what you feel like would be some, like truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I like, I, I hear you guys do it a lot to where you, you very gently and delicately present like really difficult topics that a lot of people would maybe be triggered by or, okay. you know, upon hearing your opinion mm-hmm. would just write you off and not want to talk to you about it at all. Yeah. Um. So I feel like you're, 
like your willingness to be really sensitive to things while you're talking about stuff, even though you do say, like you make a definitive statement and you say, Mm -hmm. this is what I think, this is what I believe, period. Even though you do eventually end up saying those things, you're really sensitive to how you get there and you're really sensitive to people who don't think that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important. And I think that that's really Mm -hmm. valuable. And I don't, you don't hear a lot of people do that because a lot of people that have podcasts of this nature have them in you know, in the protection of an echo chamber to where their only audience is people that agree with them. And so they know that they're only talking to people who aren't going to push back. And so that this furthers, you know, how they communicate and how aggressive and intense they share their opinions and things like that. And by nature, they never have to be sensitive to to someone who's listening to them because they know that the people listening aren't going to disagree. Yeah. And I that's appreciate where I feel that. like, yeah. So I feel like that's where like, I mean, as an affirmation and as an encouragement for like where you all are wanting your show to live is to like tell people what you believe is, you know, right. And tell people what you think would genuinely be, you know, helpful for them to hear in terms of how to live more meaningful lives. And, um, but to, to be really sensitive to the fact that like, A, we don't have to agree on everything in order for us to like share ideas. And not a lot of people believe that anymore. It's really sad. Um, but you can talk about really hard things and you can get into that conversation in a really delicate way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I I appreciate that. Yeah. I've noticed that as like a behavior. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, So Having a um, Protestant and a Catholic together, that's kind of necessary to be like it is. delicate and open-minded, but also yeah. firm in what we as individuals believe. So yeah, Absolutely. that's good feedback. Absolutely. Um, number nine. Here's another food one. Um, okay. You can invite any president, living or dead, to lunch. Who do you choose? See, it's a political question framed as a food question. <laughs> that, you know what? That's really it. That's really that's it. Funny. Oh, okay. I feel like the obligatory answer is Reagan. Um, I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah, but that's not actually that's not actually who I would invite. I think, yeah. um, like Lincoln. Yeah, that was. I, mean, I swear to you, that was my first and second guess. I was like, she's probably going to really want Reagan, but like Lincoln would be so much cooler. The the you thing know. I have to admit in answering this question though is that I can probably only name like eight presidents. Everyone that's that's like probably <laughs> that like that was like twenty five percent of my presidential knowledge, right? There. Exactly. Yeah, that's like five <laughs> more than like the average person. Like no one can remember presidents. It's crazy. It's so um, funny. I forget that Bush Jr. was a president. Like I saw him in an interview recently and I was like, oh yeah, he was a president. And he's still alive. And he was a yeah. president when I was alive. And I don't I, even what remember I love, that. Yeah. What I love about him is that he didn't stay obnoxious after he was president, which is why you forget that he was the president. Yeah, he's a normal person and he went away. Mm-hmm. He just like, did his job and then left the yeah, spotlight. That's exactly yeah. right. He went I back to his ranch him. and he just hung out and he was just a dude. He was just mm-hmm. a guy. And honestly, that's like a lot of the criticism he received during his presidency was because he was like just a dude. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he fumbled words. He wasn't the most eloquent person. He mispronounced things all the time. Yeah. And he, he's never said the word nuclear right in his entire life. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. A lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, that's true. No, but it's true. He did fumble a lot. I think it made him relatable, but then obviously it was used by people to attack him too. Oh, for sure it was. I was going to ask you like a deeper question for this last one, but we don't have the time. So this is my last question for you. And it's, uh, you have a pet dinosaur. What do you name it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this would be a question for me. And son. what kind of dinosaur super is into it? Dinosaurs. Because you are Ross, you, you do like Ross. So I feel like you yeah. <laughs> have to have thought about this at some point. 
Well, I've only thought about it because like I have a five-year-old boy who loves dinosaurs. <laughs> Before that, I've never even had more than one conversation about it. Um, I mean, I'm going to answer based on how I feel like my son would answer because that's the only way I know how. I don't. Mm -hmm. I know so little about dinosaurs. I would say probably a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex would be an awesome oh, pet. Okay, it would be an amazing pet because For like it also, a minute before it ate you. Well, you know what? If I have a T Rex as a pet. Like as an ongoing pet, that implies that I have done something in my life to do well enough to oh. be able to afford an enclosure for this animal to live in and be okay, healthy. That's valid. <laughs> so it 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 automatically puts me in a different plane of existence than I right. probably will never actually achieve in real life. So by by saying that I have a pet T Rex, I'm saying that I'm insanely wealthy yeah. and really lucky, mm -hmm. and probably I'm the only person with access to a time machine because that seems easier than like cloning it. Mm. Um. I don't know what I would name it. Probably something really stupid like, I don't know, like Jack or something, like a human name. It would be like, yeah. it'd be like, hey, come here, Matthew. Like it would be like a yeah, person's that'd be name. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, Great. I love a it. pet T Rex would be amazing though. You'd never get to interact with it ever. No. It would just be something that you had that you told people about. Yeah. That's it, you know? Pretty much. Um, all right. Instagram last one. Photos. Instagram photos. That's it. Uh, you know what? I feel like this is kind of like a silly, natural segue into the last question. Okay. Um, what's the first non-essential thing that you would buy if you were given $100 million? Ooh. Like, because everyone's obvious answer would be like, well, I'd yes. get out of debt or I'd pay off my house or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Now, what's the first I, like dumb this is thing gonna be. Buy? This is like the most millennial white girl answer i would get my eyebrows microbladed I'd get my eyebrows done interesting is that <laughs> which expensive? i could do now N not really it's like 500 dollars. but it, i like i can't i can't make the case to my husband that it's a good investment because he's like you have eyebrow pencils and i'm like you don't understand yeah no i i get it <laughs> wait but that's something that you can have done more than once right yeah, you have to have them touched up and everything. So maybe the answer so would be like, I could afford to get it done like every week or whatever, every yeah, month or whatever. There you go. Yeah. Because because uh, like I would, I have often told people that if like I ever got an amount of money to where I didn't have to think about what I was spending, yeah. I would hire someone to cut my hair like every week. Like that I love getting haircuts. Amazing. It's the you best. You do. That's yeah, interesting. absolutely. It's the most relaxing thing ever. Um, so yeah, I would hire like a barber to just be like, every week, this is the thing. I would never shave my own or trim my own beard again. So that okay. would, it would be a luxury of consistency yeah. rather mm -hmm. than of like objectivity. So Okay. I love it. Like a live-in yeah. barber. Oh, uh, yeah. a personal chef. I love cooking, but a personal chef for when I didn't feel like cooking oh, would definitely gosh. be on the list absolutely. too. Absolutely. Kyle, this was really fun. We did it. I'm glad. I'm glad we did it. Um, yeah. So I hope everyone had a good time listening. Yeah. I feel like an unofficial, like third host because yes. I'm like, I hope everyone had a great time. It's just because I hear y'all <laughs> say it all the time. Um, well, and especially with your demotivational show notes, you will become one, our third host once we start publishing those. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I can give everyone a, I can try to come up with one on the spot. An example okay. of what I would probably write for this episode would be something like, um, you know, despite they always start with despite or or contrary to popular belief. That's like yes. one of my favorite ways to start yes. stuff. It's like contrary to popular belief, um, asking people questions about themselves as a form of getting to know them is actually not healthy. 
you should, you should self-preservation. Self-preservation <laughs> is the only defensible personality characteristic anyone can have. And the closer you get to other people, the more vulnerable you make yourself to mm-hmm. attack. So isolation <laughs> is the, the only way forward. Okay. That would be an example. I love it. Of like a demotivational description of this episode. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. So. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to watch us on video, we're on YouTube. That link is in the description. Uh, We would love it if you rated the show. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, positive, negative, we love to hear it. Wild and beautiful podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, Kyle. Have a great day.